Hi, welcome to another edition of LHC for You and Me. I am one of your hosts, David. And I'm your other host, Jeremy. And we are here to give the high school student perspective on the Large Hadron Collider and its associated detectors. So, Jeremy, you've been doing some more research on these experiments, and this week we'd like to talk a little bit about the actual discovery machine, the LHC. The machine is... uh located 100 meters under Geneva for the protection of the rural people around so they do not get any radiation on them. Were there any other advantages to using the site that they use now? It was previously used by the LEP project, so they saved money in creating it. Uh, it's my understanding, too, that the actual, the actual collider is not parallel with the surface of the earth just to save money in excavating as well so uh, mostly a cost-cutting measure not cut a a new tunnel okay Um, uh, there are some uh, other existing experiments Tevatron being the largest accelerator that's online right now Um, could you compare this LHC project to what exists in say Tevatron and any improvements that have been planned well Tevatron uses proton anti-proton collisions where CERN, or LHC, uses proton-proton collisions. Now, you had said that the ring is larger. Um, What would be the advantage of having this larger diameter? With the larger diameter, the circle isn't as round on the edges, and protons can travel faster. Okay. And is there some limit to the rate at which these protons can travel that's not just the limit of the, the speed of light? Uh, yes, synchrotron radiation, the protons will accelerate faster, and they'll give off more radiation. Now, what is it that we're actually using along the beam path to make these protons go in a circle? There are three types of magnets, one of them being the dipole magnet, which keeps the le- protons going in a circle. Then there's the quadrupole magnets, which keeps the protons bunched up together. And finally, there's the kick magnet to release the protons in case of a emergency situation. Uh, the last two seem to be related, uh, I guess, to a problem or emergency. Um, in addition to creating a high-energy collision, we want to keep those particles focused in a tight beam so that they don't hit the edges. Now... Why would I be concerned with the protons rubbing up the side or leaving the beam pipe and hitting the edges of the, the beam pipe? When the protons rub against the side, they heat the magnets, which is called quenching. And when quenching occurs, it'll heat up the magnets, which helium inside the magnets will change from its liquid form to the gas form, expanding, and it'll also heat up the other magnets around it. As you said, this will be buttoned up and turned on in the next few months, and there'll be a gradual ramp-up process of about a year until this reaches full energy. But once you reach that point and all the detectors are calibrated, what is it that scientists are initially looking for? They're looking for Higgs boson. The Higgs boson is what gives things mass because when a proton split up, the quarks inside it do not add up to the proton's total mass.
It's a time in the program where we take a look at LHC in the news, both in the various experiment journals as well as the mainstream media from time to time. Starting out with the CERN Bulletin, there's a nice piece on LHCB. The electromagnetic calorimeter, the hadron calorimeter, and the muon system, they were all used to test cosmic rays on April 3rd. And there's a nice explanation of There's also a rendering using the LHCB software of the test of these cosmics, and there's a reconstruction photo that's pictured in this article. Uh, the piece includes a picture of the detector, and it discusses why the cosmics are useful for the outer portion of the detector, but not so useful in the innermost components. And uh, this is because the innermost components of the detector are uh, designed to measure path is because the innermost portion of the detector is designed to measure very small angle pathways that are just a few degrees away from the beam pipe. Cosmic rays, on the other hand, are directed almost straight down and then can be easily detected in the outer portions. Over in CMS Times, Arcana Sharma has a nice piece about the initial closing testing at CMS. Uh, shows some nice video camera images of various places that you need to check for fit. There's also a reprint of an article that appeared in... There's also a reprint of an article that appeared in the last CERN bulletin regarding the final delivery of the electromagnetic calorimeter crystals to CMS. Uh, it also discusses the composition of the lead tungstenate crystals and a, a bit of a discussion on their development and how they're installed. There's also some discussion of the photosensors, which are, of course, designed to work inside of the solenoid and CMS, as opposed to traditionally having the calorimeter placed outside of the solenoid in previous detectors. In the most recent Atlas E-News, Carrie Perkins has a discussion on the closing of the Atlas experiment with Mika Kodimaki. Uh, this reveals exactly how complex this kind of operation is. Um, identifying that the, the closing operations began on April 24th and are really not expected to finish up until the early part of June. Uh, goes into some elaborate details on the bake-out to remove the water vapor and the fitting of the various detector components into their final position. Also, Colin Barris wrote about Peter Higgs' visit to LHC Open Days, and you can read about uh, his impressions of the project centered on measuring an idea that Peter Higgs first proposed more than 40 years ago. If you have any questions about anything you've heard about here or anything that you've read in the LHC media, you can contact us at lhc for me at gmail.com. That's LHC, the number four, letter U, letter N, M-E, at gmail com. As always, we also have available the links to each one of these feeds on our homepage, which is lhc4unme.pbwiki.com. We also hope to have up and running by our next podcast a telephone number where you can reach us, as well as ideally we can get TalkShoe up and running so that if there's a 
item in our newscast that interests you, we should be able to contact and hopefully interview the subject, either the author or the subject of the article. That's going to bring us to the end of our program today. We are going to ask you to send us questions at lhc for you and me at gmail.com. That's LHC number four, letter U, letter N, M E at gmail.com. Or you could also visit us online at LHC for you and me dot pbwiki. In the near future, we hope to be able to use your questions to interview real physicists who are working on the project. LHC for You and Me is produced with support from ClarkNet and the University at Buffalo.